Are you just watching? Episode 36, Red Tails, and 42, The Jackie Robinson Story. And welcome to the podcast that shares critical thinking for the entertained Christian. I'm Eve Franklin, and I'm so happy you've joined me for this episode because I've really wanted to do it for a very, very long time. I went to see Red Tails in the theater right after it opened in January of 2012. And I was already built up a lot of excitement for it because my dad is a huge fan of anything World War II, but especially anything having to do with aviation. And he had studied a lot on the Tuskegee Airmen. So that was a really big deal that that movie was coming out. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go see it with him, but I was able to discuss it with him after I went to see it. And it was just a lot of fun to be able to connect with him on something like that. And it's a terrific story, even if it is fictional, which I will caution you that it is. All the characters in the movie Red Tails are fictional. The the general story, the types of missions they went on, um, those were all uh, actual. I mean, I believe they even had access to some of their mission logs and work that into the movie. So it it was a really good movie, uh, dealt with a very interesting period of history. And I I recently managed to get my hands on the DVD so that I could do a podcast. And lo and behold, the movie 42 comes out just about the time I get my hands on that DVD. And they mesh so well together, the the stories mesh so well together that I decided to do a combo podcast episode, simply because they follow one right after the other historically. I mean, uh, Red Tails happened during World War II, and the movie 42 takes place right after World War II. So they, they go run right into the other. They have similar themes, and they're both based on history. And so it, it just seemed like a really good um, combo to, to work on both of them. Since the movie 42 is still in theaters, the next few minutes will be a quick spoiler-free review of the movie that you can listen to. And then if you haven't seen the movie yet, you can stop it go and see the movie and then come back and finish listening to the podcast without fear of me ruining some kind of plot point. Though, of course, it is a historical uh, narrative, so I'm not really destroying any story if you are at all familiar with Jackie Robinson's past. Now, the movie was amazing. I really enjoyed it. It was very uplifting. Uh, Even though it had a lot of bad stuff in it, just the trials that uh, Jackie Robinson went through, uh, it, just to be in baseball, to play the major leagues and the way people treated him. It's not a pretty story, but in the end, it's a very inspiring story because you get to see him overcoming the odds that are against him. One thing to be aware of, of course, is that there is a lot of racial slurs in the in the movie. Uh, just the, the atmosphere that Jackie's in, the way people treat him, and the language. Uh, the movie is clean, fairly clean, from a language standpoint, but the racial slurs are definitely a predominant part of the movie, and so just beware of that. And today's audience, I think, is, is would be mostly uh, made very uncomfortable by the language that's in the movie. I know I sat in a very uncomfortable tension through uh, several scenes in the movie, but that was because um, we have become more sensitive to the way people um, react to that kind of of um, persecution, and so we don't like it. And it's good that we don't like it. That's that's actually good that you sit uncomfortable through that movie. If it doesn't make you uncomfortable, then maybe you need to re-examine um, how you are treating other people. 
I, of course, will be going into more detail into some of the, the themes that are predominant in this movie, but I, one of the things that just ties the whole thing together and makes it an enjoyable experience, of course, is the music. Now, the composer for that score was uh, Mark Isham. don't believe I've ever listened to one of his soundtracks before. If I did, I didn't realize it was by him. But the music was beautiful. And in addition to the music that he composed for the movie, they also mixed in a lot of period music from the era. And it was always very well placed, very well done. And if you stayed and watched the whole credits, there was re some really good music during the credits as well, though the piece I just played is a portion of the mu music that played during the credits. It, it's an amazing movie. It's um, the, the music really sets the tone through the whole thing. And so it, it contributes grandly to the atmosphere of the movie. Now, Anything I say from now on will probably be something of a spoiler. So uh, unless you want to know what happens before in the movie before you go see it, then stop this, go see it, come back. And while you're at it, go ahead and pop in a DVD of Red Tails and watch that too, because I don't want to ruin either a movie for you, even though they are history. And certainly I hope that you have um, watch the movie or actually understand at least some of the history that's involved even if you haven't seen the movies. Now of course the first topic I want to talk about is the elephant in the room with both of these movies. It's the number one theme that ties these two movies together and that's the topic of racism. And it's sad because in this period of history we were still treating black people and when I say black people, all I mean is people who had darker color skin as if they were a different race of humanity. Now, really, the only place that the concept of men, some people being of a lower race than other people had to have come from the idea of evolution. It really comes from nothing else because if you look at it from a scriptural point of view, there's absolutely nothing in the Bible that says that that some men are inferior to other men. In fact, the Bible is very explicit in saying that all men are created equal. That's where the concept of our Constitution came from uh, in our, of our government, but it's also a long-established thing scripturally. In Acts 17, 26, it says, And he, speaking of God, made from one man, that would be Adam from Genesis, you know, 1 and 2, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So basically, he's saying right there in the scripture, this, this is the inspired word of God, that every nation, not race, nation of mankind was created from one man. 
That means we're all related, regardless of the color of our skin. And I don't even know where why we call ourselves white, because I'm Caucasian, mostly. I do have a little bit of Native, Native American in me, but I'm mostly Caucasian. And I don't have white skin. <laughs> you hold my skin up to paper, and I look very brown. So it's just a degree. It has nothing to do with um, anything other than the amount of melanin that we have. We all have melanin. Some have more, some have less. And that's about it. And to judge a man by the color of his skin, judge his intelligence by the color of his skin is just bizarre. But the whole concept of that came from a belief that's, that men evolved from an ape-like creature sometime in the long ago past and that therefore there must somehow be a a process of evolution that that made that took us from some in wild ape-like creature to the mankind we have today and because of that concept we are stuck with the idea that maybe people who look a little bit more like an ape and i don't even know where they get that none of us look like apes we have some features in common but none of us look like apes but I guess the darker skin in some ways made people back in when evolution was first start, started to be thought about, the darker skin somehow looked closer to like the gorillas that have black. They're really, truly black. And it's, it's a ridiculous way to group people. It, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, uh, yeah, we say color, but uh, you... Uh, that's not what you prefer? No, no, no. The word is... Negro. <laughs> when you get upset, uh-huh. when you get mad, you turn red, right? When you get envious or sick, you turn green. When you become cowardly, you turn yellow. And y'all got the nerve to call us color. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've heard that joke before. It's, it's actually pretty true to the fact that um, Caucasians tend to show all kinds of emotion through color in their skin. Not that we actually turn green, but we do turn red, um, get a little sickly yellow sometimes. We, we show color more. Go out in the sun and get a very, very bright red, lobster red sunburn. And we really don't have the nerve to call other people who don't have that kind of visual reaction um, to anything um, colored. I don't know where that term came from other than I guess they just thought that their skin looked like they had been colored in. I don't know where that term came from. Don't really care to research it. Nowadays, I'm not even sure Negro is a very popular term. Uh, I did a little bit of research, and of course, Negro just means, in in a Latin-based language, it just means black. So it is a descriptive word used to describe people with black skin. During the time depicted in these two movies, Negro was actually the proper term. That was what they did prefer to be called. But nowadays, I think that most of them actually prefer to be called either African American or referred to as black. I myself find it uncomfortable to use Negro because back when I was a child, the derivative of that, the racial slur of that nigger was obviously considered to be very foul. Negro is too close to nigger for me. They're like in my mind as being the same word. And so I consider them both to be not the proper term. But that term, um, those terms were used a lot in 42. And that was where a lot of the racial slurs came from. In fact, there's a scene where the Philadelphia uh, manager 
the Philadelphia Phillies manager is standing out there while Jackie's up to bat and he just says it over and over and over again. And they, they emphasized it in a way that it would make you uncomfortable because you're not supposed to like it. You're supposed to realize how awful it was. In fact, um, I understand that there was an interview with the actor who played Jackie Robinson and he said that even just acting for those scenes out was painful for him to have those kind of racial slurs directed at him. And not even knowing that it was acting and that the actors liked him and that they didn't really believe that, that they were just putting, playing a part. It still hurt. I just can't even imagine what that, what would be, what it would be like to be on the receiving end of that. And so the whole, idea of racism of putting somebody down because the color of their skin is just it it rubs me the wrong way and it isn't scriptural and shame on the christians who followed the scientific mindset of the day and allowed the kind of uh, prejudice that put black people put them down so horribly from the era that we started enslaving people from Africa all the way up into the civil rights movement here in the United States. We're given hand-me-down planes, ordered to attack targets that have already been bypassed, fly patrols where the enemy hasn't been seen for months. Now we've done every low-down, dirty job you've handed us, hoping that we would just limp along and go away. We will not go away. We have a right to fight for our country, the same as every other American. So you shut us down, or you let us fly. Jackie Robinson actually has a very similar way of putting this when when Mr. Ricky comes to him and asks him if he has the guts to not fight back, to uh, be the first African-American to play in baseball and take all of the abuse and the vitriol and not fight back because if he fought back, it would just getting kicked out of the league. And Jackie's response to that was, you give me a uniform and a number on my back and I'll give you the guts. And so it was just a, a lot of can do. We can do this. If you just give us the opportunity, we can do this. And uh, later on, I, I believe it was, I, I didn't quite, my notes didn't come out quite as well as I would like them. But that later on, there was a, a conversation between um, Mr. Ricky and the manager of the Dodgers. And there was that comment that if the man's got the goods, he deserves a fair chance. That's all. So if he has the ability, then he should be given the chance. And that was what the the, the Tuskegee Airmen needed as well. They needed the opportunity to prove that they could fly the sorties, they could fly the missions. And then all they had to do was prove to the people that they were defending that, you know, the bomber crews and that they could do the job. They can't all be colored. One fighter group, all Negro pilots? I don't believe it. What the hell do we do? Tacoma 1 to all planes. Everybody's eyes open. I don't think our fighter escort's going to be much help this trip. Now, one thing you have to realize when you look in into this particular clip was is they already showed us at the beginning of the movie, the very first thing we saw were these bombers being inundated by German fighters that would come in and they would lure off the the fighter escort because the, the pilots were after glory. And so they would f- go after the, the German fighters in order to gain glory by shooting down bogeys. 
instead of staying with the bombers and providing the escort that the bombers needed, and then the bombers were getting shot down and their many men crews were being killed. And the Red Tails had been ordered to go on bomber escort duty, but they were told explicitly, their orders were, you do not leave those bombers, period. No matter what flies at you, what tries to draw you away, you stay with the bombers. That's your job. You stay with the bombers, and we will count our victories in how many men we bring back alive. And so they fly these, this, this is the very first escort they flew, and the bomber crews didn't know what to expect because they were used to the fighters leaving them whenever the Germans appeared. Well, this time they got an escort crew that did not leave because it was their orders to stay. And they obeyed their orders and went and counted their victories by the amount of men that they brought back alive instead of the amount of bogeys they were able to shoot down. You guys, you're the Red Tails, right? You know Red Tails, color boy flyers, well, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it like that, but I uh, was asking. Chester Barnes, 98th Bomb Group. You guys, you flew a little top cover for us about a month ago. Little run of a Palesti. It's the best flying I've ever seen, gentlemen. And we guys, well, we feel we owe all you boys a drink. Why don't you come and join us? Come on. Come and join them? What's he saying? What? Now, this was kind of a turning point in the movie in Red Tails because the um, Red Tail, uh, the, Tuske- the Tuskegee Airmen were finally getting um, some recognition for the things that they were doing right. And in the end of the movie, they actually get commendations for valor. And so it's amazing to see the turning point where, where the people start appreciating what they're doing. And there's a similar scene in 42 where... Pee Wee Reese, one of Jackie Robinson's teammates, uh, makes a very public commitment um, to Jackie as a teammate by coming up to him in front of a, uh, a audience that that actually contained some of Pee Wee's relatives who were very uh, racist. Um, he just comes up to Jackie right there in the middle of the field and puts his arm around him and has an intimate conversation, not for everybody to hear, but just so that everybody can see that he's talking to him doesn't have a problem putting his arm around him and and it's kind of cool because that's one of one actually one of my favorite lines in the movie because he says maybe next time we'll wear I'll wear the number 42 and maybe they won't tell us apart and I, I just thought that was cute because it's not the number obviously that was the issue it was the color of his skin but it it just goes to show that he was willing to be colorblind from then on and and it, it took a conversation with Mr. Ricky to get Pee Wee to that position, but he had a great change of heart. And so that was an, a turning point in the movie 42 that was very similar to the turning point in Red Tails. I chose you because I know you can't be a German spy, being colored and all. We're in the middle of a rather delicate operation, and we don't need any new white faces. Now, this was kind of an interesting side story in Red Tails in which one of the pilots was shot down. Uh, over enemy territory, and he was taken prisoner by the Germans and taken to a prisoner of war camp. And there he is bunked in with a bunch of allied soldiers that were also prisoners of war, and they were planning an escape. And they actually asked for him to come in, and the reasoning they gave was, as I just quoted there, that he there was no chance that he could be German. And I thought that was interesting that that the color of his skin actually made him... um, acceptable to these people who were 
whose main enemy, they knew who their enemy was. Their enemy was the Germans. And they knew the Germans hated black people because they were trying to create this master race. Back to this whole evolutionary concept of some people being better than other people. And so they actually asked for Ray to be bunked in with them so that he could take part in their escape plan. And he actually does and he escapes and that's probably part of the more of the fictional story than anything else. But it was very interesting that that was put in there because it showed that I guess the allied officers, the allied soldiers were beginning to realize who their real enemy wasn't um, the people back home that they had problems with because of the color of their skin, but the, the Germans who hated everybody except Germans. So now in 42, there was another evolutionary reference and that was the journalist bantering back and forth. One of them commented that, he believed the Negroid was going to take over baseball because they because they had a longer heel bone. It gave them a speed advantage. Of course, it was kind of funny at that point. It was actually humor because Jackie Robinson proceeded to hit a home run and jog around the bases. So speed had nothing to do with him hitting a home run or being able to run the bases because he obviously hit the ball hard enough for it to make running not necessary. So it was, it was kind of a funny moment there. But that was the, you know, this idea that some people groups have some kind of an advantage over other people groups is they try to make it like this evolutionary thing, but it's not really an evolutionary thing. It's just mainly their variety within the human kind, because we, um, we all descended from the same man, but depending on how people separate out and, and breed together, certain traits might be in one group of people that are maybe not as emphasized in another group of people. And so while there may be a speed advantage, I don't know, um, in the people group that are regioning from Africa, it does appear to that way. You watch the Olympics, it's usually the African uh, Africans or African Americans or um, people of African descent that tend to do better in the races. But that doesn't necessarily mean that um, there's some kind of underlying evolutionary cause for that. It's just that that's the genes that were selected for in that population because of perhaps the way they hunted or the the survival skills that they needed in those certain um, environments. So it's not evolution as evolutionists need it to be. It's more of a genetic diversity that is expressed um, across the world based on environment. And we see that in every kind of animal. Um, We see it in dogs uh, that are short haired and in hot climes and long haired and cold climes. And we see it in bears that are uh, black and brown in, uh, in a more temperate environment, but when they get up into polar environments, they select for white coats so that they will be hidden in, in a snowy environment. And, it, and it, they're all bears. I mean, it doesn't change the kind. It doesn't. There's no. It, there's no kind of situation in which you're you're creating a whole new kind of animal just because it's a different color or it has a a different speed advantage or anything like that. They're all the same kind of of creature. It's just that they are selected for certain traits by their environments. And that's, I'm sorry, that's not evolution. Um, As much as some people would like it to be, that's just not. Now, I just want to get away from this topic because there's a lot of other things to talk about in these movies that has absolutely nothing to do with evolution and very little to do with racism. How'd it go up there, Ray? (laughs) Telling you, Deacon. Lightning almost got himself killed again today. He's one crazy pilot. <laughs> I'm a pray fam if we ever get to see any real combat. 
Well, hey, I see you here after every mission. I'm sure your prayers are helping. Thanks, Deke. Now, Red Tails is not the cleanest movie. It's got lots of bad language in it. There's a character that's having an adulterous affair with an Italian girl. Um, it's not one that I would recommend for really young children to watch, but and even uh, you know, uh, Christian adults obviously will need to use some discretion. It is a PG-13. It's at least low enough in, in violence and stuff that it doesn't rate a, an R, but um, definitely one that I would rate as being beware because there there is a quite a bit in it. But one of the things I did appreciate was the fact that there was a a, a bit of a religious uh, overtone to at least some of the characters. Um, Ray obviously is praying for lightning and Deacon is um, also somewhat of a religious character. And I use religious rather loosely because it's not a very Christian movie and these characters are, don't actually exemplify um, a lot of Christian ideals in, in the, what you little you see of them in the movie. The characters are, are a little bit um, one-dimensional in, in this movie. They're not real deep. But at least you get some of it. And in um, 42, there's actually quite a bit of uh, Christian principles and uh, Bible in the dialogue. And I really appreciated the fact that um, both of these movies at least brought out a little bit about how um, uh, God and Jesus and religious values were important to people back in the 40s. And I kind of wish they still were, because while some people may think that Christianity is what's wrong with the world, I really think that when true Christianity is in practice, when we are truly trying to be Christ-like, is when the best in the world is happening. And so to hear one character expressing um, the need and the desire to pray for another character because of his recklessness, um, it just touched a, you know, a chord in me that I think is important. And we see that in 42 as well, because Mr. Ricky does a lot of talking about uh, a scriptural reason for, for what he's doing. In fact, when he's talking to the manager uh, about bringing in Jackie, he he makes a comment about love one another being the Bible's most repeated command. Now the reference that he's making there is to John thirteen thirty four through 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another by this. All people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. So Mr. Ricky's motivations for bringing in, um, Jackie into the team, despite a lot of people being against him, seems to come out more uh, from a, a biblical Christian value uh, point of view than for any other reason. Though he does admit early in the movie that he, that at least part of his motivation is monetary because he believes that uh, the black American players can play at least as good, if not better than the current players in the major league. And he, he's all in the, he's in the business to make money. And so he says, it's not a matter of black or white. It's green because money is green. So he does admit to that much of a motivation. But when you get towards the end of the movie, there's a, a very, a, a, a moment between Jackie and Mr. Ricky, well, where Mr. Ricky actually admits to the underlying motivations that he had um, for doing what he did with Jackie and building his career. Now, there, there's more to um, what's in the movie Red Tails that is about prayer. Um, one of the things that caught my eye was the, uh, the references to black Jesus 
We're a long way from Memphis, but Black Jesus is here with me, and he says it's going to be a successful mission. Now, does that mean we're going to shoot down a bunch of Jerry's, or we're going to come back in one piece, or Lightning going to pick up some girls along the way? I don't know if it's a telling fact of, that Deacon is the one who keeps referring to Black Jesus, and he kind of uses him almost like a talisman or a um, genie in a bottle. You know, it's like, if I have my picture of Black Jesus in the cockpit with me, I'm going to be safe. And he's actually one of the pilots in the storyline that gets shot, shot and um, his plane gets damaged, and they manage to get him back to the airfoil, but then he crashes and and becomes a ball of fire on the ground so they do i mean he does survive the crash but it in pretty bad shape and uh, i don't know that was actually one of the things that kind of put my back up in the movie was the way that they dealt with that not necessarily that um, african-americans portray jesus as black i'm not entirely sure that that is um, completely inaccurate because um, a lot of the arabic uh, people from the arabic areas including the the jewish people tend to have a a wide variety in skin color. So it's not necessarily unheard of that Jesus may have had fairly dark skin, but that that's not really the issue that I have. It's more the way that he used him in the movie as like, if I have a picture of Jesus here, then I'm going to be protected. And I, uh, there's a lot of people who use um, photographs of angels and I even see it on Facebook a lot where they have this like angel thing that gets spread around and like almost like this talisman and, Christians as a whole, we're not supposed to be superstitious. And we believe in the supremacy of God and, and his all-knowing ability to um, be there when we need him all the time, whether we have some kind of talisman with us, and that he is always working for our good, um, even if we don't see his hand in what's going on in our lives. It, it, if it comes to a plane crash, if it comes even to a, a car crash or something bad happening to us in our lives. God is in control of that, and we don't have to uh, carry a talisman around with us in order to prevent bad from happening to us. That's not, uh, that's not scriptural. I got a bullet right through my canopy. I ought to be dead, y'all. But nothing happened to me, though. That's black Jesus, I'm telling you. Come on, come on, let's go. Don't say it's black Jesus now. You might need him one day, huh? What happened to you is luck. Just luck. Large of poker, black Jesus, white Jesus, two fairy, each money all up. Yep. I done lost all my Something is wrong. Ain't that right? How about you just get wise? There is no special mojo running the world. Things just are how they are. Us getting shot up and the people we're protecting not getting a thing for it. The skeptic talk is not actually um, very true to the rest of the the story in Red Tails because this is about the only place you hear this kind of mocking of the idea of God and Jesus. And they actually um, have an, a scene where they're all praying before they go on a big mission. So I don't know that this is... Nece- I, I almost feel like this was set into the movie by somebody who just wanted to get their skeptical view heard besides all of the other... Uh, religious stuff that got put in because there are actually two or three prayers in the movie and this mocking scene is is really the exception to the rule it's interesting that um of the of the three people that have to bail out or or, uh have their planes shot out uh in the movie the two that actually survive it are the christians because it's junior or Ray Gunn, who comes back um, from being captured by the Germans. He makes it back. He's the one that's playing, praying for lightning at the beginning of the movie. And Deacon, the one who has Black Jesus in his cockpit, while he does crash land, he does survive the crash, and he gets sent home with injuries. 
the one character that does actually die in the movie, and this is a big spoiler if you haven't seen it, is the reckless pilot Lightning. He's the only one of the squadron, the fictional group that we're following in the movie that actually dies. So it's it's interesting to me that they do let the the ones that are uh, followers of Christ who who are relying on Christ to um, protect them that they actually do survive. In Second Timothy four. Uh, 16 through 18, this is Paul speaking. He says, At my defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I looked up this passage it may not seem to go exactly with a story about war, but what I wanted to point out here is is that we're not guaranteed every day. We're not guaranteed that the Lord will protect us from every little wrong, but we are guaranteed that he will rescue us from evil so that we might safely proclaim his gospel where he wants it proclaimed and that we will safely make it to heaven. Whether we die in this life, it doesn't destroy our eternity. So the the rescue there is not from bodily harm in this life, but from our eternal security in heaven. And that's the important thing that that believers anyway understand is that safety on this plane and this reality is, is not as important as the security of our salvation. And that is guaranteed through Jesus Christ. It will inspire us to fight harder, to make this world free. Because we are on the side of God Almighty. Let us pray. One of the things that both of these movies hold in common is an exploration of motivations. And Red Tails, maybe not so much because it is more of an action movie where you're just getting caught up in the characters and and what they're doing in the dogfights and all of that kind of stuff. But at this very end, they kind of point out the fact that they, they were we were over there fighting that war for a reason. And the men and the women who gave their lives in World War II were fighting for a free world. They were fighting against tyranny. They were fighting against this um, Nazi power that was trying to change the face of the world based on their idea of what a perfect man should be. And this racial cleansing. And it really did seem like to them that they were, uh, we were fighting a, a grand evil and we were on God's side. At the end of 42, Jackie Robinson is questioning Mr. Ricky as to why he went to all this trouble to get him into it. And Mr. Ricky starts to say, well, it's just because of the money and all of that. But Jackie just looks him straight in the eye and says, no, why did you do this? And so we get a little story and you have to bear with my paraphrasing of it, but Mr. Ricky tells a story about when he first was in baseball, there was a black black man who was a catcher, I guess for the team he was in, and he took so much abuse that it drove him out of baseball. And Mr. Ricky was touched by that because he never did anything to stop it. He just stood by and watched it, and it impacted his love for the sport all of these years because he knew deep down in his heart that there was something wrong in the game that was that this racism, this this prejudice and inequality existed. And so he was he was thanking Jackie at the end there for returning to him the love of baseball because seeing somebody excel that 
at something. He'd given Jackie the chance, but Jackie had taken it and, and run with it and done a fabulous job of presenting his case that black Americans were the same as white Americans, especially when it came to baseball. And they might even have been better. So there, there were motivations brought out there that, um, that were good in both movies. And the thing I really appreciated about 42 much more than in red tails is the amount of scripture and the Christian principle that was brought forward over and over again through the person of Mr. Ricky. He really seemed to have his head screwed on straight when it came to um, living out Christianity. And I think he had reached maybe perhaps an, an age and a level of power where he could pretty much do what he wanted and, and, and just other people's negativity towards what he was doing just didn't matter to him. He didn't care. And, and he was very outspoken. There was a scene where, uh, he called his manager and asked the, to ask him about bringing Jackie onto the team. And he catches his manager in bed with another woman. I mean, they're talking on the phone and he hears, hears her voice. And so at the end of the conversation is actually the one where he talks about um, that, that we're supposed to love one another. At the very end of the conversation, right before he hangs up, he tells his manager, and by the way, the Bible has a thing or two to say about adultery. I was like, wham, ouch. And in fact, that manager ends up being suspended from the game because of his adultery, which would never happen nowadays. I mean, um, and it wasn't so much because Major League Baseball was concerned about his adultery, but mainly because there were a fan base that had objected to it. And so they suspended him to make those particular fans happy. But it, it's still a situation that would never happen today. And I think that was a, a grand comment. In fact, there was a, somewhat of an adulterous relationship going on in, in 42 as well. And I would imagine there might be some people that would think that my concern with that relationship was because it was a black man with a white Italian woman, which has the color of their skin had absolutely nothing to do with it. But the fact that it appeared, at least in a couple of scenes, they weren't explicit, but it did appear that they were um, going to bed with each other and they weren't yet married. And so that, that is the problem that I have with that is that um, even though they do get engaged um, and of course this is Joe Little we're talking about lightning who does die at the end of the movie she never gets a chance to even be a widow because they don't get married. And it just seems to me that there's too much promoting of that going on in movies today, even when we're talking about a historical flick taken um, out of the 40s when such relationships would have been deeply frowned upon and not because of the color of the skin, but simply because it was adultery. Um, they just threw it in there. I'm not even sure exactly the reason why they felt like they needed to. But in 42, they present it as the way culturally it actually was back then. And my hats are off to them for bringing out the fact that for, in this case, adultery was not right. They shouldn't have been doing it. The other thing that, um, that I found, I actually kind of thought, thought was funny was at the beginning of the movie, uh, when they were going through resumes for, to try and find a, a African-American player to, that was good enough to be brought up into the ma the ma major league baseball, Mr. Ricky stumbles upon Jackie's resume and he notes that he's a Methodist. And he says, well, he's a Methodist. I'm a Methodist. God's a Methodist. 
And that was one of the reasons why he um, handpicked Jackie to to take on this role. Now, of course, I'm going to not say that God's Methodist. God is God doesn't pick denominations. It's more like different denominations have a different way of looking at God. But all of it comes down to how you deal with God's Word and Scripture, and it doesn't really matter what denomination you're part of. If you um, take Scripture out of context or your doctrine is based on tradition rather than the Holy Word of God, then you may have some things to answer to when you get to heaven. So I don't necessarily believe that God is handpicks any particular denomination, but it was still a funny por- portion of the movie. There's one last thing I wanted to talk about. There's so much in these movies. There's a scene where Mr. Ricky comes to a retired manager and attempt to convince him to take the suspended manager's position. And they're talking about sleep and flowers and roses and sleep are good, but you don't look like a dead man. And basically the concept was, is you can sleep all you want when you're dead and roses are for funerals. And it was just kind of an interesting thought that we have to stay busy doing the will of the Lord until he calls us home because we're not dead yet. And so as long as we're alive, God is calling for us to keep working. And finally, the last thing that I want to talk about is children. Children in 42, it's a very, very important theme that underlies the movie that you don't see at all in the movie Red Tails. So I just kind of tack it here on the end. Children are very important. Um, you see a, a a little black boy in 42 who kind of goes to Jackie's first game um, with the Montreal Orioles. And he's he's sitting up in the um, stands and he's praying, Lord, just let Jackie show them what we can do. And then you see him catching a ball when Jackie gets on the train and, and running after the train. And at the end, you find out that this this little black boy becomes another major league baseball player. And so it, there's this there's this message that children are watching what we do and and that you can be and have impact on children's lives that aren't even your own children, just in the way you you live your life and, and as to be something admired and looked up to. And as long as you're pointing to God, it, that's a good thing. So um, be aware that children are watching you. And on the negative side of that, in the situation I mentioned earlier where Pee Wee Reese comes out and and talks to Jackie Robinson in front of um, the crowd of his family that contains his family, his family is actually up in the stands. And as soon as Jackie comes out, they just start yelling all kinds of horrible racial slurs. And there's a little boy there with them. And I don't know exactly what the relationships were. They didn't make it clear in the movie. But there's a little boy and he's watching this older man, probably his father or his grandfather, yelling these racial slurs. And he looks back and forth between the man and, and Jackie Robinson. And after a second, he starts doing it too. And it's like little kids learn by watching what we do. And sometimes our actions speak louder than our words. So even if we're telling them to be to be fair and to not bully and not to have un, not to have prejudices, they're still watching us. And if we're exemplifying that in the way we treat other people, they're going to pick it up from us regardless of whether we're telling them not to do it or not. So it, it's just a reminder, um, very strongly put in this movie, that we need to be careful how we are living our lives before the children 
in our lives so that they will have good role models to follow. I just want to leave you with scripture just to put a cap on this discussion as a good reminder to us in how we are to treat everybody under Christ. And that is Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Did you see that? (laughs) So I've been thinking maybe your mutating DNA could be another evolutionary step, like a a new mammal ability breaking through. This quote that I just played came from the television show on the CW called Beating the Beast. And the basic premise of it is is that the the beast, Vincent Keller, has involved in a secret super soldier project. Kind of it's almost kind of like a hulkish kind of thing where he, he was injected with cross species DNA and all this kind of stuff and he was turned into a monster basically. And in the particular episode that I just clipped from, which was episode ten of season one, he started having some issues with you know, the stability of his monstrousness and his friend had done some research into it now the reason why I'm doing a did you see that on this was because it just it was so blaringly obvious when they made this comment is like they were all talking about the evolution and how he was evolving and they completely looked over the fact that he was a lab rat and everything that was happening to him while it may not have been under control of the scientists that did it it's still something that happened to him creatively. It wasn't something that his DNA just decided to change and mutate and become make him something different. It was a, it was done to him by somebody. It was not a chance random thing. It was people playing God and getting it wrong. So now it's your turn. That was another Did You See That that I have done. And I'm really kind of looking forward to hearing what those of you out there, hopefully that are listening to me, are finding in your own uh, viewing of various media. It doesn't have to be a movie. It doesn't even have to be a TV show. It can be the news. It can be a commercial. It can be uh, an article that you've read on the internet. And you don't even really need to submit them for going into an episode. You can actually go to our page on Facebook, which is, you know, Facebook slash Are You Just Watching? You can, you know, if it's something on Facebook that you've seen that you want to share and and make a little comment about, you can share it on our wall there so other people who visit our wall can see it. And I will definitely be pointing people towards that if you can do that, because that, I mean, it's a fun way we can interact and take this Christian critical thinking thing um, beyond the, the walls of your headphones or your speakers and out into what you're doing and sharing it with other people. The other way that you can do it is you can go to our website and there's, it's areyoujustwatching.com and the show notes for this particular episode are slash 36. That's areyoujustwatching.com slash 36. And there's a really cool little thing on our website that kind of pops up on the right side of your browser window and it's where you can leave a voicemail message right there on our website. So if you have a mic on your computer, you can just record something right there and that, that comes back to us as, as a, like a verbal feedback that I can actually share on, on upcoming episodes. You can also call us. The number is 903-231-2221 and leave a voicemail. That's just a voicemail service, so you're not going to actually talk to anybody. But that's a good way to um, just record what you want to say if you don't have an easy way to record on your computer. And we'll worry about how to get that into in a future episode. 
that you can also send us an email feedback at are you just watching.com that's all spelled out just the way you would spell it um, we don't use abbreviations much just go ahead and send us an email you can even attach files to the email if you want to record something like in audacity and just send that to us and i dearly love to get some feedback i didn't deal with half the stuff that was in these movies especially uh 42 mainly because 42 still in the theater and i only saw it the one time and i'm sure there's plenty of stuff in there there might even have been some stuff i got wrong so i would love to get some of your your folks feedback especially in the show notes where other people can get involved but if you want to um, contact us through the other media that I can get that into a future episode and we can discuss this further. You can follow me on Twitter, though I do confess I do not tweet that often. So I, I you probably won't get a lot going through the feed from me. However, the best option that you can do is to subscribe to the podcast. You can either do that from within iTunes, just look for Are You Just Watching through the iTunes Podcast Connect there, or you can go to our website, areyoujustwatching.com, and look for the subscribe buttons, and you can subscribe that way. We have various options for subscriptions. So please do get in the feed so that well, I'm not real regular when these episodes come out. I'm trying to do one a month, but life sometimes gets in the way. And I I really want to do a shout out to Daniel Lewis for doing the last podcast episode for Are You Just Watching? Because I've been sick, and I didn't have a voice for a while, and then there was Easter and company and time got away from me. So I'm just really, really happy to finally get a podcast out. Now, the the last thing I want to give you a heads up on is, is that probably in the next couple weeks, very quickly, I'm going to kind of do a, a really quick turnaround on the next podcast, because I am participating in a theme week with several other really excellent Christian podcasts. And I'm hoping that you will come back, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the episode, because I am going to do it on Iron Man 3 and hopefully get a, a really good quality um, podcast in that will uh, span through uh, multiple audiences because my fellow podcasters will be uh, promoting my podcast as I will be promoting theirs. So keep an eye on the feed for that. It should be coming within the next two to three weeks. And I am looking forward to seeing the movie Iron Man 3. I'm looking forward to it a great deal. I'm hoping it's better than Iron Man 2. Thanks so much for joining me. And I just hope that this has been a blessing to you and that you will tune back in to hear future episodes. I'm Eve Franklin. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Our opening vocal talent was thanks to Mariah. The theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis. For more great podcasts like this one, Visit the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. That's noodle.mx.